the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Welcome to tonight's Andrea K Show. It is Monday, the best day of the week. After I've had a couple days to recharge my batteries, crush a finger almost, and wrench my back trying to put a shelving unit together. <laughs> even the bad weather in San Diego, uh, even regarding, it, it, despite that, I'm in a very good mood to get to kick off the week with you guys tonight. And also because, could be, because we actually had a good news story over the weekend to share with you guys. Tonight, no doubt y'all all heard about it, but we're going to break it down. We're going to do a little dissection. We're going to dissect that frog, baby. We're going to do an autopsy on it. Y'all know what I'm talking about. We've also got some other big stories. The Supreme Court, uh, the alleged conservative Supreme Court uh, kind of pulled one today, or did they? Um, hmm, depends on which attorney you ask. So we got to talk about the Supreme Court ruling today. There's even other crazy stuff to talk to you about today, including maybe In-N-Out Burger. So hang tight. Hopefully you're not in your car on the way home. Hopefully you're already home snuggled up, not out on these ratty ratty roads here in San Diego. Got a great show for you guys tonight on this Monday. And joining me as always for the next two hours Every night of the week, whether he wants to or not, rain or shine, is DJ Sesame Broccolini. I love me some Sesame Broccolini. This guy, fiery like a dragon. Like a dungeon dragon. High heat. Sesame. Broccolini. I guess it's a little hard to say if the Supreme Court did pull a fast one. I I don't know. I'm curious to hear your take on it, but uh, also happy to be here because I had a great weekend and this weather is pretty kooky. I don't I don't love it. Yeah. Be be careful on the roads out there. People are driving. It's it's, it's really wild. Something special happens to us San Diegans when rain happens um, on the roads. We just we're not built for it. So I don't know. Just be careful. That's that's the headline. Just. You know, those roads are sneaky. Car accidents do happen. So does hydroplaning. Like, just be yeah. careful. Lots of flooding going yeah. on. Yeah. Take your time. Um, most San Diegans are like, what's this? Well, we've kind of gotten more used to it in the past year. We've had a lot more rain in the past year than usual. But usually it's like, what's this wet stuff coming out of the sky? <laughs> um, where's where where's the where's the, the lever to turn on my wiper blades? Um, when was the last time I got my tires? <laughs> my tires are bald. Oh yeah. <laughs> In fact, I got to take this quick moment to brag because my boo Gator, I, he's nicknamed Gator because I'm from Louisiana and I love me some alligators. He's picking his head up over here, but 
he don't know from rain. Okay. And from thunderstorms and all the hurricanes and stuff, you know, I grew up with. Um, so he's really like mama, what are these drops coming out? The sky hit me on the head. So it's always a challenge taking him out when he's not used to this wet stuff falling on him. I got to tell you, he's crossed. He's crossed a magic marker line or whatever you want to say, because this morning I took him out and it was still dark and my boo braved that wet weather. He found him a bush that he could snuggle under and handle his business. And mama was very proud of her boo gator. So anyway, that's the feel good story of the day. Um, Now for the breaking news of the day. I'm going to save the political breaking news that happened over the weekend for Brian Maloney, who will be with us next, because I've actually got a whole lot. It's not just about the announcement from Ron DeSantis that we have to talk about. It's all the implications from it, some of which I actually found shocking this weekend. So we saved that for the second segment with Brian Maloney. But I'm actually glad that we did because it's a real head scratcher what we have to share with you guys coming up, given the fact of the invasion that's happening at our southern border. The United States government is literally orchestrating an invasion of our southern border. Texas Governor uh, Abbott had finally had enough, and he decided to do a couple of things. One of the first things that he did was to try to stop the federal government and the border patrol from removing razor wire down at the Texas border, which is where so many of the flood and the millions of illegals were coming across. Right. In fact, they were being given instructions via different technologies on where to go, being tipped off on where to go. And so, uh, Texas Governor Greg Abbott had filed a lawsuit against the Biden administration to stop them from removing the laser wire. It went back and forth, lower courts, appellate courts, and finally made its way up to the Supreme Court. And in a 5-4 ruling today with Amy Coney Barrett and John Roberts, two alleged Republicans, they sided with the Democrats to allow the federal government to continue to remove razor wire at the southern border to allow illegal aliens to come across literally aiding and abetting a criminal enterprise there's so many different levels of crimes that are being aided and abetted here first and foremost people coming into this country illegally as they're coming across illegally they're they're committing the crimes of child sex trafficking they're committing the tri- the crimes of adult uh human trafficking the drug uh, trafficking happening with the cartels, the which also includes gun crimes that are happening. All of that is now being aided and abetted by not just the Biden regime and the Democrats, but a conservative majority. They're, uh, the according to the majority, which is what I expected. Um, the argument was on the part of the Biden administration that clearly the Supreme Court agreed with is that um, the immigration policy comes under the purview of the federal government. Excuse me, stifling a sneeze. Comes under, under the purview of the federal government. The problem that I and many others, I actually started to bring out, uh, bring on a couple of attorneys, but it's so however you want to interpret it. And that's the problem with our courts. That it, uh, it, that it's too much about their own political, particularly one of the things I said at the nomination process for Amy Coney Barrett is that she goes out of her way 
in her record, her judicial record as a jurist, she goes out of her way and even talked about it in the nomination process. Uh, she goes out of her way to avoid being perceived as political. And that was a problem for me. John Roberts, as we know, is strictly a political animal. And I am absolutely convinced. I wasn't initially, but at this point, I'm absolutely convinced that the Democrats have the goods on him. Um, here are uh, a couple of... Uh, Governor Abbott made this uh, issued this statement today. The Supreme Court's temporary order allows Biden to continue his illegal effort to aid the foreign invasion of America... The destruction of Texas's border barriers will not help enforce the law or keep American citizens faith, uh, safe. This fight is not over, and I look forward to defending our state's sovereignty. Um, I'm confused, really, because I, I and the Biden administration's one of their arguments was is that under an emergency, in terms of an emergency of life or limb or, or life, basically that the federal government can do things like that, or that that was the reason behind, that was part of their justification. It wasn't just federal government, um, right? Federal government law supersedes state law. It was also federal government having the right under emergencies to take measures that supersede what the states want to do. Um, but the human rights aspect is all being orchestrated by the Biden administration. I mean, even more important than any of the human rights crisis that is being manufactured by the by the Biden administration, and I have not read this. This came across this afternoon. I have not read all the different opinions, but I have a feeling that that was the part of the argument that swayed Amy Coney Barrett. Oh, the poor humanitarian crisis! But that's only happening as a result of the United States not enforcing its laws and actually encouraging, inciting inviting people to come here under these circumstances and to break the law. And speaking of the law, I want to wrap with this. Article 4, Section 4 of the U.S. Constitution. The United States shall guarantee to every state in this union a Republican form of government and shall protect each of them against an invasion. At the end of the day, no argument that was presented to her or any of the rest of them should have overtaken that one. We're going to take a break. We come back. Speaking of shredding the Constitution and our government, we got an election coming up. And we're going to talk about the latest and the big announcement that happened over the weekend with Brian Maloney from Red Wave America when we come back. Andrea Kay, telling you like it is while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea Kay Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. If you missed the last segment, we were talking about the breaking news out of the Supreme Court today involving the border. If you missed that segment or any others, you're definitely going to want to stay tuned for tonight's show. Don't forget you can download the podcast wherever you get your pods and email me at andreakshow.com, andreakshow.com. I got a couple of fun emails over the weekend. I want to read to you guys a little bit later. But first, speaking of the weekend, we got a rewind to a little announcement that was made. Finally, she says, by Ron DeSantis, and we're going to play this clip for you, and then we're going to bring in our good friend, the only person that I wanted to have on tonight to discuss this, Brian Maloney from Red Wave America. Sesame Broccolini, if you could uh, play the DeSantis clip, please. 
Now, following our second place finish in Iowa, we've prayed and deliberated on the way forward. If there was anything I could do to produce a favorable outcome, more campaign stops, more interviews, I would do it. But I can't ask our supporters to volunteer their time and donate their resources if we don't have a clear path to victory. Accordingly, I am today suspending my campaign. I'm proud to have delivered on 100% of my promises, and I will not stop now. It's clear to me that a majority of Republican primary voters want to give Donald Trump another chance. They watch his presidency get stymied by relentless resistance, and they see Democrats using lawfare this day to attack him. Well, I've had disagreements with Donald Trump, such as on the coronavirus pandemic and his elevation of Anthony Fauci. Trump is superior to the current incumbent, Joe Biden. That is clear. I signed a pledge to support the Republican nominee, and I will honor that pledge. He has my endorsement because we can't go back to the old Republican guard of yesteryear, a repackaged form of warmed-over corporatism that Nikki Haley represents. The days of putting Americans last, of kowtowing to large corporations, of caving to woke ideology are over. You can end it there. Uh, oh, okay, good. It's over. Um, before I bring you in, Brian Maloney, my first thoughts hearing this again is he's talking about warmed over. I mean, it's like, does this guy even have a pulse? I mean, Trump is superior to the incumbent Joe Biden. I've been more fired up and giving a review of fried chicken. Okay. Does this, this, this goodbye is as flaccid as his enter his intro into the race. Your thoughts. And that, that speech right there, that canned speech reading from the teleprompter, um, Andrea, tells you exactly why his campaign was a non-starter from the beginning. And you and I have talked about this every single week since then, that the bottom line is the guy has no personality. He has no charisma, no passion, no fire. It's just, oh, well, you know, I'm already governor now. I'll be president now. You know, and, and, and he has the voice that the minute you start hearing him talk, you want to tune him out. It's unpleasant to listen to. Uh, his delivery was never powerful or strong. And, you know, I saw the video of this announcement and just looking at his posture, looking at his presence, it's just not there. In fact, the first thing I thought of seeing it was Michael Dukakis. Um, and at least Michael Dukakis is a nice guy. I don't know if DeSantis is or not. This was a disgraceful campaign, an embarrassment. It was. It should have ended a year ago or more. It should have never started. All the reasons you said is what I identified in December of 2020 when he spoke at the Turning Point USA event in Arizona. I said, uh-oh. This dude can can he can't work a room in Arizona full of conservative little 19 year old people begging to be riled up. I said then in December of 2020, uh oh, this man can never make it to the White House on his own in a campaign. I said that then, um, particularly right now with everything that Joe Biden has done to this country. We were just talking in the last segment about literally facilitating an invasion to destroy this country. And he refers to him as <clears throat> the current incumbent, what right. he has yeah. done, he has completely destroyed any future for me because if that's how lame, if that's, if that's reflects what he thinks of the threat of, of Joe Biden to this country, he is the warmed up uh, establishment, you know, that he accuses Nikki Haley of even worse. I want to advance the conversation a little bit because 
Um, the DeSantis team that I have called out a lot, former good friend of mine was one of the key people that was a, an alleged so, uh, uh, social media influencer. And um, they have, that, they have uh, John Cardillo. Oh. And yeah. And um, they, for uh, the past year, Cardillo, um, uh, uh, what's his do? Um, rent a womb guy, Dave Rubin. Um, um, yeah, yeah, yeah uh, you know, uh, Josh Hammer from Newsweek, you know, that little Florida click. They yeah, were, yeah. Um, they have spent the entire last Jenna Ellis all day, every day calling Trump supporters cultist and saying that, that DeSantis was going to win the nomination. And they just were sure that um, you Trump cultist, are, you need to promise that you'll vote for DeSantis, because, but you won't because you're cultist. The second Ron DeSantis dropped out, they have all been all over X and formerly Twitter declaring that they will not vote, Jenna Ellis in particular, and the rest of them, that they can't vote for Trump um, because of his behavior and because he doesn't have the morals and the values. And they have all revealed themselves to be the same as the never Trumpers in 2016. How much do you think that that might actually, and then Cardillo today is going, he's accusing Laura Loomer of being somebody that would damage Trump going forward, calling her a loon. How much damage do you legitimately think they might have done to Trump and the general by spending an entire year fomenting hatred against Trump? Well, I think, you know, the left can't hate Trump any more than they already do. But what I think that we I'm talking about mean, our own conservatives. I mean, no, that, no, no, know, no, I know, I know. But I'm saying that the amount of hate that has already been aimed at Trump, I don't know how you can increase that. It's already at 100 out there in the media, et cetera. But with, with the group that you're talking about, those are the very same people that have been driving me nuts for more than a year. For uh, It's been uh, two or three years now because in the lead-up to him announcing uh, they were at this, they've been undermining Trump at every turn. But we need to be taking names of all of these clowns uh, and, and make this list something that we keep at the top of our minds when any of these people are trying to get jobs because you know that when Trump is elected president, and I, you know, that's, that's barring the, the theft and everything else that we know will go on in November, of course. Uh, but those people, some of them are going to change their tune because they will want a plum job in the Trump administration or whatever. And what we need to make sure is that none of them even get an interview, uh, that none of them have a foot in the door. And, you know, it's interesting when you were rattling off those names, um, some of those people, you know, I've wondered where a lot of those people came from in the first place, because they're not really people that have a, a long period uh, in the conservative movement that where anyone really knew them. And you mentioned Josh Hammer of Newsweek. The guy's like 30 years old. Um, yeah. I, I don't even know All how he All of a sudden he, he came out job. of nowhere. I he, never heard he, of yeah, Hammer before like a year of, and a half ago. Well, he came out of nowhere and he's all of a sudden editing Newsweek. Uh, at like 26, 27 years old, I'm thinking, would they pull him out of college or something? I mean, I, you know, so we have people that have emerged out of nowhere. Oh, and he goes to all of those globalist events, too. Um, yeah. You know, and he's, all, he's one of those Davos kids, you know. So we've got a bunch of these people. Jenna Ellis is another one who, it's funny, because I was going through a bunch of, I just found business cards from a previous CPAC when I was cleaning out a drawer or something. And I saw that I had one from Jenna Ellis, uh, pre-fame, 
um, and pre-grift whatever fortune she might have made out of this. And she was like some kind of producer for some show or something. Um, I, you know, nobody had ever heard of her. Apparently, I had a conversation with her. I don't even remember. You know, so this, these people came out of left field. They were propelled to the, the top by the media because the media saw them as the way to defeat Trump from within, from within the GOP, uh, you know. And so so they got all this attention. They got a lot of money. Think about that. What was $120 million that Ron DeSantis wasted? Oh. Somebody was on there today saying, hey, Ron, can we have the $120 million back because we could put it to much better use than the way yeah. you wasted it. Where did all that money go? It went to these clowns. So, well, you know, yeah, and here, it, and here was, we are. And there, by the way, there, by the by the way, we're talking to Brian Maloney of Red Wave America. They have claimed from the beginning they weren't getting any money. Uh, Laura Loomer says she's got the receipts that they were paid, that they were uh, they were considered. And actually, there was a nickname for the, the whole strategy was crafted by Christina Pushaw, who isn't wasn't she a Ukrainian uh, yeah, she's lobbyist? As mysterious. Yeah, she's as mysterious yeah. as any of them. She's pro- I mean, who knows? where she came from um yeah she, she doesn't was, have she any kind his, of political background no and but she she became his comms director i think when he as governor of florida so then she supposedly came up with a social media strategy call and calling this group of people the fight club and you could tell from the jump that they all sat around and there's a picture of them you know uh, in lisa booth from fox as well i don't know if she's still on fox because i don't watch fox anymore um, but, and they were all called the fight club and you could see, and, and they were, uh, were reportedly paid. Laura Loomer says she's going to come out with the receipts and you could see the strategy of the talking points from them all day, every day it was attack, 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 attack Trump. And I've been saying from the beginning, you're, you know, the fight club is just punching themselves in the face. I didn't know they were called that then. Um, because this isn't all you, all they were doing was hurting themselves and DeSantis in the long run. And as well as the fact that they they chose, and this is the most important thing for me, is that I said back in 2020 that I liked what DeSantis was doing as governor, but I didn't know where he stood on the deep state. In addition to being nasty, attacking Trump and MAGA people all day long as cultists, they decided that they would attack MAGA people for being stupid enough to, to not realize that Trump lost the 2020 election. He lost 2016. It's his fault for the indictments. Basically, they assumed all the talking points of the Democrats. And now I don't, you know, so now there's this whole movement that we all need to unite with, with, and we hope DeSantis is going to be the VP and we all need to unite. I don't know. I want anything to do with Ron DeSantis at this point. Well, exactly. And that, and that's why they are going to be kissing up to Trump. Now, even if a few of them say they're not going to vote or whatever, and they're not going to stick with that for very long because all of them need gigs. Now they all need jobs. Uh, and they all want to pretend they didn't do any of this, any of this weasel behavior over the last two years. And of course, they're going to want DeSantis as VP because they're going to consider the possibility that Trump doesn't make it through a four-year term, health-wise or whatever, because of his age. Um, and and then they'll finally have their dream, DeSantis. So these people are not to be trusted under any circumstances. Christina Pushaw is saying that she's leaving politics or whatever. I'm not sure I believe that. 
And again, who, where did she come from in the first place? Who did she work for? I mean, her ties are to foreign governments. You know, and, these yeah. And Jenna are, Ellis, are, are, before, yeah. before we, yeah, before we wrap this segment, you're, she, and I don't want to forget about Jenna Ellis, who completely stabbed Trump in the back, who was a no name who um, hated Trump before he should have never hired her in the first place. He liked, uh, you know, um, but anyway, that's, that's another story, but um, you know, she, Oh, I almost, I actually lost my train of thought of what I was well, going to say about uh, her. I'll, I'll continue uh, it because <laughs> I'll go ahead. your train of thought about Jenna Ellis, because that, that really was one of the greatest betrayals uh, and it was done for money, you know, and I, I'm still, I think the only reason why Jenna Ellis ever had any fame at all was because Trump kind of lifted her from total obscurity. I mean, totally. Total she obscurity. has a radio I mean, job. She was, yeah, yeah, she has she was, a radio I'm pretty job. I'm sure she was a radio producer. I think that's why I have her business card it's over there on a shelf. And I looked at it and I was like, oh my God. That's Jenna Ellis. Like, I was just well, but even bigger than the- that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> even I mean, bigger than that is the fact that she, as as an attorney, um, and she was a licensed attorney in the state of Colorado. She stood before the American people next to Rudy Giuliani as Sidney Powell and claimed and took the microphone more than anybody and reportedly passionately believed that the election was stolen only to turn right around and join with the rest of the D team to claim that nothing untoward happened in the 2020 election. That was not throwing Trump under the bus. She's throwing the nation under the bus for a little piece of power if DeSantis got elected. And she more than any Anybody needs to have no access to the White House in any way, shape, or form going forward. You're right that people need to take names. Can you stick around another segment? Of course. Because we got to talk some Nikki Haley because Nikki, speaking of odious and odious women playing the race card, we got to talk about us some Nikki Haley when we come back. Continue with us, my peeps. We're going to have some more fun on the other side of the break. Don't go away. Andrea Kay, telling you like it is, while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea Kay Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay Show. Before the break, we were talking to our good friend Brian Maloney from Red Wave America about the big announcement from the big D, Ron DeSantis. He told us what we already knew, that he was suspending his campaign, a campaign that never really got off the ground in the first place. It started with a whimper on the X spaces and it went out equally so. Um, but guess who else is, is, hasn't gotten a message yet? Nikki Haley. And I don't know what in the world she, you know, she thinks she's doing, uh, why she's still in the running because reports are that she's actually running from the media. Uh, she banned daily mail from her campaign stops, uh, because they had reported on her affairs that she lied about. Uh, Evidently there are affidavits now that confirm the rumors about her having affairs. Uh, I don't know anything about her marriage, but I do know that she loves to, uh, you know, try to play the husband card uh, whenever she's asked about anything. My husband's in the military. You know, my husband's in the military, right? Oh, my husband. Uh, or play the woman card. You know, I'm a woman, right? She's got Judge Judy out with her today. 
Like, I, like I'm going to vote for Nikki Haley or anybody's going to vote. Look, look, Judge Judy, you're good for entertainment. You're good on the law. In fact, I quote Judge Judy many times, but I don't look to Judge Judy to bang the gavel and tell me who to vote for, okay? It's absolutely pathetic what's going on with Nikki Haley. After DeSantis dropped out, they've gone to Trump. He's now at over 60% of the polls. Rejoining me in the discussion is my good friend, Brian Maloney. Um, before I play a clip for you on the next card Nikki Haley is playing here, your thoughts on on her so far? Well, I mean, everything that you said is spot on. I think the other thing that was odd was just at the last minute, as I think you alluded to, trying to play the race card with this oh. uh, beauty pageant thing. Oh and, yeah, yeah. You know, okay, you know what? Since you yeah, yeah. Since you've gone there, I want to play the clip and then I'll let okay. you respond respond to it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sesame, it's the clip where she talks about, "I was born a poor brown child in the South. <laughs> <laughs> we were the only Indian family in our small southern town. I was teased every day for being brown. So anyone that wants to question it." can go back and look at what I've said on how hard it was to grow up in the deep South as a brown girl. Anybody can look at my record and see when Walter Scott was shot down by a dirty cop, how I made sure that the Walter Scott family didn't suffer because we put the first body camera bill in the country in place. Anybody can look at the fact that when we had nine amazing souls die in Mother Emanuel Church, I did something that no Republican or Democrat ever wanted to touch, which was call for the Confederate flag to come down because it would take two thirds of the House and Senate and was an impossible feat. Okay, I guess I guess I couldn't stand her anymore, and I, I and I cut out before she before she complained and yammered and whined that she got denied the beauty pageant because she wasn't black or white, and no one knew where to put her um i i grew up in the deep south there was never a beauty pageant that categorized people by their skin color that's absolutely insane and absolutely reminded me of the jerk uh by <laughs> i don't even remember his name now the actor i was steve martin bored. steve martin's the jerk i was born a poor black child yeah, i mean this was a funny <laughs> movie it was funny your thoughts on this well, the, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, picking Nikki apart, I don't even know where to begin, except that <clears throat> I think that her credibility has shrunk by the minute. But this beauty pageant tangent she went on at the last second to try to garner <laughs> sympathy. And I don't know how she thought this would help her. But to say she was essentially denied the opportunity to take part in a beauty pageant because she wasn't black or white, uh, it's just weird. Uh, you know, because if you do the math on her age, I believe she was born in 1972, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, if you look at where that would have put her in terms of, of age, you know, to enter in a beauty pageant or whatever, you'd be looking at the late, roughly late 80s, you know, to early 90s would have been the range where she would have been, you know, if, if she were a beauty pageant person contestant that's about the time period there and there's no way that no. anything like that was going on in the late 80s or early 90s anywhere no in I fact and she, and not in this country it did not it's happen. insane it's insane in fact you notice that she doesn't 
say which pageant it was. It was it, right. it obviously wasn't Miss America because one of my high school uh, one of my high school um, French French class classmates actually competed in Miss America. My best friend was Miss Nevada back late eighties, early nineties. A Miss Nevada. Um, you know, I, I have family member in that organization. I've actually judged judged pageants. That does not happen. If you're talking about the junior Miss pageants, doesn't happen there either. Family members that competed in that. This is a flat out lie. There's not it, it in in. Uh, it just makes me crazy. On top of it, did you know? Did you see the clip or just hear it? Because she actually wore. Do you think it's coincidence, Brian Maloney? She wore a black and brown suit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's and you know the thing. Somebody on um, social media was joking. You know, things that are um, darker than than Nikki Haley, and, and the answer was <laughs> first answer was mayonnaise. You know, because I mean she. <laughs> She, she is as white as, I mean, when I look at her, I'm looking at her like, I, she just looks it's, like a yeah. white person to me. So I she don't actually looks like, she, remi- she actually reminds me of my sister. Don't be offended, sister, if you're listening. Um, she's the soup kitchen sister, okay? She's the, she's the Donnie you, that you get served in soup kitchens. My sister is 10 times more beautiful than her and actually was a model in high school. Um, but, you know, my sister is darker complected than this Nikki Haley. I mean, I grew up in the South. Almost everybody had dark hair and brown eyes and everybody was more tan um, my nickname was Little Brown Betty. I mean, you're walking around outside all the time with no, with you know, with yeah, sun beating on you. Everybody was brown. Everybody right. was brown. Right. It's nice and warm. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it's silly, but I also think that Trump has uh, Trump's campaign here has handled this whole thing ingeniously, because what they have done by bringing so- uh, South Carolina officials, the entourage, to New Hampshire. He basically headed off her ability to, you know, and they brought them, you know, brought him to New Hampshire to endorse him and speak for him. Basically headed off any chance for her to have a decent showing in South Carolina, which is the only reason why she's still in the race right now. It's not about New Hampshire. It's about South Carolina, her state. So, you know, the, well, Trump, Laura, Trump quickly, basically you cut go. everybody off at the path. Right. Well, let me and I'm sorry for interrupting, but I'm almost out of time with you. So Tim Scott from South Carolina, who she appointed uh, for the Senate, I believe, I could be wrong. He flew to New Hampshire and endorsed President Trump. What effect do you think that's going to have on South Carolina, if any? Well, I think it only it only helps more. I mean, because I wouldn't have expected Tim Scott to endorse Trump because he's kind of a rhino. I mean, you're seeing some rhinos kind of line up behind Trump. And I don't know if it's because they've been promised a gig or want a gig or what. I don't know. I mean, he's already a senator. I don't know what they can give him. Um, but the bottom line here is that Trump ha- Trump's campaign handled the period between Iowa and New Hampshire so skillfully that the rivals had no chance to score any points or gain any ground. And it's like a football game. And these guys, you know, the Trump people just outplayed him, uh, you know, incredibly well. I mean, it. you know, it, at that moment it was over. I mean, I, you know, I, I don't know, maybe Nikki still gets the quarter of the vote tomorrow. So what? What does it do for her? Nothing. Well, I, I don't know if there's some game that, I mean, she, she's she got, a, somebody's telling her she's got a pathway. And I don't know if it's through the Democrat Party. That's oh, it could my, be. That, I mean, she yeah. she's a, she's on the left politically. I mean, yes. they probably would love to see her 
you know, yes. it's president because they get everything they want. It's Hillary Clinton with an R after her name, and that's what that's who she is. She's not one iota conservative. She never was. She never will be. She is a globalist, an elitist, and I don't care what her roots are in South Carolina. She betrayed those a long, long time ago. Absolutely. Brian Maloney, Red Wave America, thank you for being here, my dear. You bet. All right. And you guys stick around. Speaking of uh, Democrats playing games, uh, wait till you hear the story involving artificial intelligence when we come back from the break. Andrea K. Bringing the world a much-needed reality check. You're listening to the Andrea K. Show on the Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Wrapping up uh, hour one tonight with a final little segment here on artificial intelligence. You know, technology all you know can seem so exciting, right? Oh, look at my new phone. You know, I get to like, you know, order, you know, a $25 burrito and have it delivered, right? I mean, oh, just technology. Well, now it's morphed into, I don't know if on the balance, I think technology. In in fact, if I were to do a Ben Franklin, the pros and cons, because I love Ben Franklin's, I live my life by a Ben Franklin. I would say there's far more cons to any technology today besides me getting to watch good TV, which I was able to do long before, uh, the technology we have today, streaming and everything else. Um, I would say there's far more cons. Now technology is literally being used against us by a government that is using it to manufacture crimes against us, round us up and throw us in the gulag, et cetera. Uh, and uh, it's potentially being used against us in, in uh, so many different ways uh, in terms of artificial intelligence this week at the World Economic Forum in Davos, they bragged, uh, not bragged necessarily, but Klaus Schwab said that elections will be quaint in the future and they'll all be done by artificial intelligence. Well, sure enough, today we have our first story about artificial intelligence being used to affect an election. Reportedly, a robocall um, went out to New Hampshire voters uh, today Uh, using Joe Biden's voice, and it told Democrat voters not to vote tomorrow in the election. The message reportedly said, the robocall reportedly says, what a bunch of malarkey, then tells the listener to save their vote for November, adding, quote, voting this Tuesday only enables the Republicans in their quest to elect Donald Trump again. Your vote makes a difference in November, not this Tuesday. Uh, NBC says that the message shares a phone number to reach Kathy Sullivan, who is the leader of a super PAC backing the effort to get the state's residents to write in Biden's name in the primary. Uh, there is another Democrat running and um, Joe Biden, I don't think if, if memory serves, he didn't officially enter because he's not supposed to be running opposed. Right. So um Biden signed an executive order in October regarding AI and commented on the dangers of deep fake. However, uh, the FCC has no um, laws prohibiting uh, AI being used 
for election interference, which I find interesting um, because a, a guy who did a meme that went out telling Hillary Clinton voters, remember, remember the story of the meme maker, how many years who said, who, who put out a funny meme about, oh, don't bother to vote tomorrow uh, about Hillary. Remember that? And he's facing, I don't know how many years in jail, but, but AI can send out a robocall like this. And the FCC says it's not a crime. How convenient. How convenient. Your thoughts, Sesame. Um, hmm, I don't know. I'd like to hear the call myself because I, I, I will. I you will don't believe s- it? It's not that I don't believe it. I just find it hard to imagine that somebody, it's like you get a phone call out of the blue from the Joe Biden, Biden himself. Says it's real. No, I'm sure that I'm sure the call is real. I'm just saying for me, it seems like I guess it's a deep fake, but it doesn't seem like a very convincing one. That's that's the same argument that the meme. That's the same argument the meme maker made. He's like, who's going to believe that me putting out this meme on Twitter? I think that's a valid argument because it's like, just stop and think common sense. What Joe Biden calls you in the middle of the day right before a primary like I, I. Joe Biden can't even probably figure out how to turn on a computer. So I, I don't know. I just yeah, but, find it hard to imagine. Well, I see. I, think actually, like, people be- I just don't think I personally would it. be fooled by that. So if people believed it. It's like, well, you can't. I don't people, know. I find this a little believe- weird. Well, let me tell you this. You've gotten robocalls. There are recording that's been done by a big name. Nobody believes that that person is dialing the phone. We all know. So why wouldn't somebody believe that because basically what these are are these are a, a, an ad basically that comes through your phone line. So and if it sounds like Joe Biden in the recording and he's using Joe Biden's speak and Joe Biden's not on the the I, I don't know I think it could be very believable. Well, I, I mean, I, look, there's these, the, there's these the... Are the same. This is the same Democrat base, my dude, that actually believes Joe Biden when he says he and Hunter didn't do anything wrong. okay fair enough all right fair look look i think the big thing is it's if there's a malicious intention that's a problem and you are deceiving people okay fair enough i i just i I, some of the some deep fakes they're not all equally believable in my opinion and i think that that's up to subjective interpretation on some level but yeah overall okay obviously it's it's a weaponization of, of technology and that's something that i don't like to see and I guess the question is, how widespread will it be? I mean, the Democrats are going to try everything to keep Trump out of office. Yeah. So uh, this is this is probably just one small example of what they're willing to do because they will. There There is no principle in that party uh, by any means mm-hmm. necessary. Literally, they will do whatever it takes to get whatever they want. End of discussion. Um, and if right. AI becomes a part of that, that's where. The, so fair enough. That, is, that I see that. And one of the that's and I and we're in agreement because what I found most troubling about the story is that the FCC. I, I mean, the Biden administration and the Biden team is acknowledging that this this really happened, and they're saying they don't know how they can track down who did it. So that's their and excuse. the FCC and the FCC, yeah, and the FCC is basically saying, and and even if they could track them down, there's reports saying the FCC. Um, they're, they, they don't consider this a crime and they're not going to consider it a crime, which that's what got my, my interest up because I'm like, oh, is that what the play is? Are they now conditioning people to accept AI interference in our election as acceptable and normal? There's a, de- there's a Democrat agenda in this happening and reporting the story. We just may not know what it is yet. 
Hmm. All right, stick around with us because we got another hour coming up and we're going to get into some crazy pop culture stories. We got some shockingly sad crime stories to share with you guys. Go get yourself a refreshment, maybe a little snacky poo and come on back with us. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 